Okay, welcome to the Less Than 3% Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to cover a topic that has been gone over a couple times in this podcast previously. So one of the most important factors for really any individual or household is having the necessary day-to-day resources. Access to quality food and clear water and these types of resources are really a clear necessity for people who are living in the United States, but unfortunately it's not the case for every citizen. And so in this episode, I want to cover a topic and a term which is pretty common when talking about public health and healthcare initiatives. So in this episode, we're going to discuss the topic of food insecurity. So food insecurity is a really common problem for a large number of individuals in the U.S. And to first give introduction to this topic, I want to look at a couple definitions of food insecurity to really just give us an idea. So the first definition I want to look at is from healthypeople.gov. So they define food insecurity as the disruption of food intake or eating patterns because of a lack of money and other resources. Food insecurity does not necessarily cause hunger, but hunger is a possible outcome of food insecurity. I want to next look at the USDA definition of food insecurity. And so what they do is they really break it down into a couple of different terms. So first they talk about food security. Food security is given two different categories. There's high food insecurity and there's marginal, there's high food security and there's marginal food security. So high food security is no reported indications of food access problems or limitations. So you have full access to quality food. Marginal food security is one or two reported indications, typically of anxiety over food sufficiency or shortage of food in the house. So there's little to no indication of changes in diets or food intake. So what this would mean is there isn't necessarily a change in diet or food intake in the home, but there seems to be a lot of anxiety over being able to have food on the plate consistently. Next, the USDA goes into the definitions of food insecurity. So what you have is two different categories. There's low food security and there's very low food security. So low food security is just reports of reduced quality, variety, or desirability of diet. There's little or no indication of actual reduced food intake. But very low food security means that there's reports of multiple indications of disrupted eating patterns and reduced food intake. So one in every eight individuals in the United States actually suffer from food insecurity. So it's a major issue that has also really been around for a long time. There's a number of different factors to consider when actually talking about food insecurity. It's the fact that it's only become worse across the country. This is due to the pandemic, which has really worsened food insecurity for many individuals. To give a better idea of this, I want to get into a paper that was put together by NYU. And so what they give is some statistics surrounding food insecurity that really show an increase over the course of the pandemic. Is that nearly 15% of U.S. households and nearly 18% of households with children reported food insecurity early in the COVID-19 pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, approximately 11% of households in the United States were food insecure. So they lacked consistent access to enough food, both in quality and quantity. Some more information I want to bring up comes from a paper that was put together by Harvard. And so what they mentioned is that they found that the percent of U.S. households with children who are food insecure has doubled from 14% to 28% with communities of color most affected. So this just gives an idea at how much of an issue this has even become during the COVID-19 pandemic. Unfortunately, 
food insecurity hasn't even really impacted every individual or really group of individuals the same. So I want to point to a data brief that was put out specifically in New York City where they discussed the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic on New Yorkers. So what they found was while storability improved from April to October 2020, economic barriers to food access were reported during this time. So they found that more than 70% of New Yorkers cited that there were price increases, 45% reported that they have less income, about 20% of them reported being unable to buy groceries due to a lack of money for food. Some of these different factors affected minority groups in a particular way. So in April 2020, increases in food prices were more likely to be perceived by Latino, Black, and Asian New Yorkers than by white New Yorkers. By October 2020, this pattern was still going on. Additionally, Latino, Black, and Asian New Yorkers were more likely to report that they had less income for food than white New Yorkers in April 2020, and that was also the case in October 2020. Taking data from a paper that was put together by City Harvest, they mentioned that food insecurity has surged 36% citywide since the beginning of the pandemic. So I did want to give an idea of just how prevalent this issue really is. One thing I want to point us in the direction to, in the direction of, is the initiatives that are taking place to address the issue of food insecurity across New York City. For instance, one example is Hunger Solutions. So Hunger Solutions New York, as they state on their website, is working to really provide updates that can help schools, community organizations, and families mitigate the impact of COVID-19 on the food security of low-income people. So one of the things they do is they look out for people who might be eligible for programs that can help them get access to food. Um, examples of these programs are SNAP, which is Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Another one is a Supplemental Nutrition Program focused toward women, infants, and children, which is another food and nutrition service. Another program that is really working to help individuals who may be facing food insecurity is Food Bank for New York City. So as mentioned on their website, Food Bank is connected to more than 800 soup kitchens and food pantries. Since the start of the pandemic, they mentioned that they've distributed 21 million meals, about 21 million meals across the city since the start of the outbreak, which was an increase of 20% in terms of overall food distribution since that same time last year. Some of the some interesting statistics they bring up in terms of some COVID hunger data, one statistic that they bring up is that 75% of food pantries and soup kitchens reported serving more New Yorkers in April 2020 than the months leading up to COVID-19. They also mentioned that out of the pantries and kitchens that reported that increase, 91% of them had an increase in first-time visitors, 79% reported an increase in families with children, 71% reported an increase in layoff or furloughed workers, and 59% reported an increase in undocumented immigrants, which is showing that food pantries, soup kitchens, and really just a lot of these different initiatives that Food Bank for New York City works with is really helping to serve communities, specifically in New York, for example. The last thing I wanna bring up is initiatives that the CDC brings up themselves, which is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. One of the things they bring up is some of the different things that are set up for individuals and families. So for example, there's a hunger hotline from the USDA, which gives information on meal sites, food banks, and services that are near people. Another one is also a hunger hotline text option. So people can text the number 97779 with whatever question that has to do with food or meals and there will be automated responses that can help expose them to resources. There's all, they also mentioned a food finder, a program known as Meals on Wheels, which helps for individuals who have diminished mobility who are 60 or older. And they bring up a map that's used to find meals for kids.
So I just wanted to name just a couple different examples of initiatives that are being put forth to try to combat this issue of food insecurity. So with this episode, I wanted to really break down a term that may be new to a lot of people who might be listening and really just open the floor for whether it is discussion or just being more aware of some of the issues that are going on as this pandemic is continues. And also to potentially provide some information to people who may be in need of resources or may have someone that they know who may be in need of some of these different resources. So I wanted to really just give a basic idea of this topic of food insecurity throughout this pandemic and some of the ways that this is being dealt with. So I hope this so I hope this does help. I hope this really does provide anyone listening with some information that they may not have known before and may really be of use to them or the people around them. So with that being said, that wraps up this episode and I'll see you in the next one.